3: Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparence Entertainment Group. I focus on world X usa neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side. Hey, welcome back
2: to Money in the Air, the neighboring rights podcast brought to you by IFR, the International <coughs> Association for Artists and Rights Holders. Today, we have a very special guest. It's Nick Jackman from Serenade. You'll remember him from the NFT and Metaverse webinar. Hey, Nick.
1: I'm Nick. I work for Serenade. Serenade's North Star is creating new revenue streams for artists um, and empowering them to create more direct, more engaged relationships with their fans. And we do that through NFT technology, but we certainly try to extrapolate the tech away so that we can just get to the lovely benefits.
2: For those of you who didn't come to the webinar, the reason that I engaged him to speak was because on their website, and they did the NFTs for the Brit Awards this year, it said, Music rights. We're not sure. Work with us. Let's do this together and we'll all get it right. And I just loved that. That was it for me. I was smitten with the company. We started a dialogue and here we are today. We're going to talk more about it, aren't we?
1: Yes, I'm very excited. And, you know, I'll start off with the most obvious question, which is one that is very important for us at the moment because we have realized that within the next month, to two months, we really need to sort out where the labels, where the publishers fit in. So my first question would be, which music rights do I need to secure when minting NFTs?
0: Which do I need all the time? Which do I need some of the time? How is that split up? The rights would be the same as if you were distributing or creating music on any other platform. It just depends on the situation. So if you are utilizing the composition, then you need to license the applicable rights. So the performance rights, mechanical, and then if you're also sampling the actual sound recording into a new sound recording, then you need to get master clearance. So the rights for this wouldn't change. It would be modeled exactly the same for any other thing.
2: And you will always need the publishing. There is no scenario in which you're using music that you won't need the publishing rights. Okay. You might not need the performance all the time. It might not be a public performance, Mm -hmm. if it's just a download.
1: If there's no musical component whatsoever, I presume in that situation we don't need publishing.
3: Well, that's a great question. So if there's no actual music being played in the background, but the NFT contains lyrics of a song, which happens quite a lot, I've noticed. And even outside the United Nations, they have like a Doors lyric on one of their statues. So they would have had to clear the publishing from the Doors. Basically, you still need to clear publishing if you're using lyrics. If it's
1: using the image of the artist, let's say, or it's simply a piece of album artwork, what about that case?
2: In that case, will need the record company's permission okay. if they have exclusively signed their image rights to the label. Okay. And you'll need to ask that question because even the artist won't know specifically. You'll need to ask it of the label and then you're not to trust them. You're to ask for a copy, <laughs> a redacted copy of that clause of the agreement that says they have the exclusive rights to the image. Okay. And the name could just be even the name.
1: Yeah. Okay, interesting, because most of the work that we hope to be doing will be, you know, leveraging the masters, but lots of artists come to us with lots of creative ideas about what they want to do. And so I was sort of curious about feeling some of the edge cases out where it sort of doesn't necessarily fit in.
2: I have legacy artists who do licensing deals for anthologies of their body of work, and the image rights and the name rights are non-exclusive. Mm -hmm. even though license is exclusive for the music one of them Dennis can do image NFTs Mm -hmm. without going back to the label so you have to check in each case just to make sure
1: okay well I think that's a good lead into my second question which is is there a checklist of questions that I can be delivering to artists or managers or labels that I'm speaking to to help them on their way of figuring out what they need to sort out or we need to sort out together.
3: The first thing I ask is, are you a self-releasing artist? Do you own your masters? In other words, did you record the tracks in your bedroom or in a studio with your own money? And then that saves a lot of hassle and having to clear things and get permissions because you own the master. And then I ask, did you write your songs or did the banjo in write all the songs? And if they're like, yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, an equal four-way split or i write everything 100 percent. it's like oh that's the dream you know so it, that helps just whittle things down and get a picture and then yeah and ask if they do have an existing record deal because You know, people sometimes don't realize the deals that they sign. And if they've signed, ask them if they've signed a digital distribution deal, because sometimes those deals act like a label these days. They might cover their neighboring rights, which we can talk about later. We will make a list and we'll put it
2: in the member section so you can access it if you become a member of IFR.
1: Lovely. What, What can you, I mean, one of the challenges that, um, the world of Web3 and blockchain technology faces when it's trying to integrate with music rights is that blockchain data is immutable data. It can't be changed, but rights is the rights landscape changes all the time and things are always moving hands, bodies like hypnosis, purchasing up publishing rights for people. Maybe this is more a question for me than for you, but is there any advice in in there for potentially the risks that we run by building tech that isn't flexible, smart contracts that aren't flexible to reflect the changing dynamics?
2: When you do a smart contract, do you do ifs and buts? So in in programming language, generally, there is an if and a but. I don't know if there in smart contracts. We're getting to that next week. There has to be room for an addendum because, first of all, Any deal you do, you should have the paper contract signed as well. Mm -hmm. And then that signed agreement is what gets encoded into a smart contract. Mm -hmm. So, and the room for addendum on paper either can be done as a new smart contract that has an if referring back to the original smart contract. But if you can't do that, then you're stuffed.
1: Yeah. And what does stuffed mean? I'd love to understand the risks so that I can communicate them adequately to my tech team who know nothing about the music industry. Um,
2: you, won't, you won't be stuffed because smart contracts allow for the resale of the NFT. Mm-hmm. So whatever language, whatever code you're using to allow for that, to put in new partners, new owners. Mm-hmm. So clearly you have room to amend. Yeah. So just make room to amend yeah. for anything that you can foresee in the future or for something that you can't foresee, but might crop up.
0: This is just reminding me of when somebody, just going back to hypnosis scenario, so hypnosis purchases a certain catalog of music compositions at a certain date. This, then hypnosis would send, just pretend that this is not in a web three environment. This is Spotify or whoever, whoever is licensed the music. So hypnosis is responsibility to inform that party that they are the new owner. So it would fall on the new owner of these copyrights to redirect that income in this situation. So changing hands does happen outside of Web3, and I would assume that it would be the exact same thing in Web3 environments. Yeah.
2: Right, because there's a flow-through royalty to the original owner in Web3. So there has to be room for it. You already do it, you just didn't know you did.
1: Oh, well, look at us go. <laughs> look at us go. The question now then is, what what is the value of split? Um, of these rights, what should we, when we're speaking to different bodies, what are, what should be our expectations around what a publisher gets, um, what the owner of the masters gets, Um, are there any other bodies in there, mechanical rights, I don't know, now I'm getting confused, Um, but yeah, can you give me an idea of how much to
0: offer for the use of each of these rights? I would use a benchmark in terms of synchronization where it's an even 50-50 split, but I'm saying this because every use case is gonna be different. So there might be cases where the composition is driving a lot more value than the master recording. So I mean, it would just be however you're going about these things. But I mean, there are certain rights that like to download mechanicals that are predetermined by certain countries and governments that you are mm-hmm. mandated to pay out. And there are other rights that are negotiated, like synchronization. It just, it depends what the overall use of the NFT is. Can you see a future
1: where there are some sort of standards that are set up so that it's not always a negotiation each time we get into this?
2: The future is here. (laughs) So the way that the Web3 Music Rights Group have set it up is that it is a formula. Mm -hmm. Um, So Every royalty participant gets the same thing unless there is a statutory rate in force and a blanket license from that authorizing body. Mm -hmm. So if Harry Fox has a blanket license for NFTs, then that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Same for MCPS. If they don't, then the contract for the NFT, it will include it Mm -hmm. as an equal partner. Everybody is MFN. Okay, But it can be weighted, like in the example that Andrew gave, where you have, say, a cover of a really famous song. So the master will get X, but the publisher will get two or three times X. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. And
2: But every partner, every equity partner in the music rights for an NFT starts out with X.
1: Interesting. And so let, let's say um, Serenade did want to work for someone like Hypnosis and we wanted to do something that only leveraged they're like publishing ownership, let's say, I guess then it would avoid the masters entirely. Mm-hmm. If it's just something to do with the lyrics or mm-hmm. something like that, then it's entirely a publishing conversation.
2: That's right. And the X is only split between the publisher mm-hmm. and any other partner who is entitled to a royalty. If, for example, it was spoken word, so you're creating a new master or yeah. unless it's ephemeral and you're performing it live and it goes away because it's a metaverse thing. Yeah. Then, But then there's performance as mm-hmm. well. If it's just a visual of the lyrics, then the publisher is the only royalty participant. Okay. So they get all of the X. Mm-hmm. And the X is, is a percentage of whatever you're selling the NFT for. The royalty pot for NFTs is a pie. Yeah. You split the pie between everybody who's going to eat. Yeah. And everybody gets the same size slice in most cases. Mm-hmm. The people who don't get a slice of the pie... Mm -hmm. are people who are statutorily regulated Mm -hmm. and have a blanket license to provide for that royalty. If there's someone who gets to eat the pie, is entitled to a bigger share, then you just give them a second slice. Okay. But it's always going to be a pie that gets divided. And don't forget, a big enough share of the pie has to go to the NFT platform to give them their, to cover their costs and give them their profit margin. Yeah. Because we want you to stay in business.
1: Of course. Okay, question then. Adam, what is the pie from which all of these masters and publishers are taken from gross?
2: Yes, it will be taken from gross because your overhead is not their responsibility. Okay. And there are no expenses. Mm -hmm. Let's work it backwards. If somebody comes in and says, I'm happy with X, as long as X is at least 20 pounds and there are five royalty participants, Mm -hmm. you know you need to sell your NFT for 100 pounds. Okay, including yourself as the royalty participant because that's your profit. You have your overhead and your profit. That might give you 2X. Mm -hmm. You have to determine what your profit margin is and that's where you set what the pie is. Okay. But if you say this will not sell for more than 10 pounds so everybody gets their percentage Mm -hmm. based on that formula from the 10 pounds, then they can say yes or no to what you're offering. Okay. It's whoever has the leverage in the
1: negotiation. Awesome. It's gonna be interesting to see how that impacts the conversations that we do have with artists around pricing.
0: So back it up a little bit. So, I mean, like costs are gonna ultimately determine how much you're selling an NFT for. And if music is a component of that, there are the master rights or, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, yes. guys are always negotiable because it's participates in a free market. So expect yep. that cost to be incredibly variable. Like when a major label negotiates with Spotify, mm-hmm. they can literally say a billion dollars per month if they really want to but they're not going to, because they want Spotify <laughs> to stay in business. So that's one. And then on the yep. publishing front. The synchronization license is the one that is negotiable. Catalog and performance, which are also bundled into say, YouTube streams, are either compulsory or they're done under a blanket. So these rates are kind of more or less determined for you. It's really the master rights yeah. and then the synchronization audiovisual component to the publishing.
2: And you also have to remember that some artists have approval rights for licenses, mm-hmm. and this would be a license, yep. unless it was a download, then for purchase. But if an artist has an approval right, they might be an additional royalty participant to get their approval. So every case is different. Keep an open mind and be creative, Mm -hmm. but work from the everybody gets a piece of the pie formula and everybody gets the same size piece.
1: Yeah. And if we have those lists of questions over time, um, some standards will start to emerge with the way that different labels and different publishing That's people right. interact with it and hopefully over time that conversation becomes quicker and easier and it's just a lot of work at the moment
2: it will become heroic.
1: oh sorry i'm curious to hear from you what you think the biggest risks are that nft platforms face at the moment when it comes to rights
3: i think it's just not realizing how many permissions you require and how to clear publishing and master side a lot of songs these days mm-hmm. have 10 plus writers, if you contacted each of their publishers individually or them as individuals, because not everyone has a publisher, so if you can't reach out to the publisher, you've got to track them down, which is easy enough these days, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and be like, hey, is it cool if I use your 10% of this song and this is the fee I'm thinking about? And then publishing deals, they end and then the writer moves somewhere else, but the registrations are not updated at certain pros. We're human. We're not
2: publishers were human beings who happen to do music publishing or did
1: and are, are there any um, are there any resources out there like APIs so we can plug into say we have an isrc code that's plugged in by an artist when they upload a product to our website are there any resources out there that can automate some of that data across
2: um if you have an isrc code You can go to Mm isrcfinder.com and plug in the code and it'll tell you the Spotify link. Yeah. And then you can look on Spotify and you can click on show credits.
1: This is an interesting point, the credits point. We've been having a discussion in Serenade recently about is an appropriate amount of information to show when it comes to credit? Is it all of it? Is that overwhelming? Is it some of it? What are the important parts? If it is some of it, when you go onto Spotify, they certainly don't show everything.
2: And it's often wrong. I find it wrong a lot. So there are APIs out there. SyncLodge has a couple that it's associated with, and SyncLodge has a big database as well. There will be others. There will be Jaxta, Music Tech Works, Mm -hmm. and there'll be more every day.
1: From your opinion, though, and maybe this isn't specifically a rights conversation, but it certainly is to do with making sure that all of the various people who contributed to a track are acknowledged. What's your opinion on music credits? What are our obligations or what should we be working towards as a model for ensuring that the people who contributed are fairly represented without it being ridiculous? Because I've seen some Kid Leroy tracks where there's just 140 people that you need to say something about.
2: We'll, we'll each answer this. I think you need to include everybody. Mm-hmm. Session players are really important and they need evidence to support their claims mm-hmm. for public performance royalties. So it can be on a, on a link or a click,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you include it. Mm-hmm. It costs you nothing to include the information. Mm-hmm. So
0: I would do some customer interviews, both with music creators and with consumers of these NFTs to find out what is it valuable to, to have all like the credits and what types. Um, like YouTube shows not only the... It shows like all the rights, like who are the administrators? It's that robust. But on Spotify, it shows just the names and the Apple Music. You can scroll through the lyrics and see the songwriters. Yeah, it just, it just depends. But I think the more visibility of this stuff is the better.
3: Information is just so powerful and we need to help out, you know, every everyone that has a you know, it's kind of like credit where credit is due. Um, But I guess we need to draw a line because yes, on YouTube, depending on what country you're in, you'll see the local administrator. I don't recognize this publisher. I thought you were my publisher. And it's like, we are your publisher. But in Italy, it's This is the sub-publisher. And then they're like, "Ah, it can cause confusion. And I I think um, there's no need to put percentages. I've seen some song credits on Spotify where there's percentages. And it's, I don't know, I think it's a bit too much, personally. Yeah, you don't, but definitely the session players. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone that's made an audible contribution. Yeah, definitely. The featured artists, the songwriters, the session players. There's no need to put the local administrator or the percentages.
0: Just pick a trusted source of these credits because they're all
1: over the place neighbouring rights um, with NFTs, what are the situations in which you could see neighbouring rights becoming an important thing for us to consider?
2: When there is a public performance of the recording, if somebody is going to have their NFT download or NFT with music and play it in public, Mm -hmm. um, like if it's going to be on a screen in the office here, Mm -hmm. then that needs to have some sort of registration. So if there's no PPL blanket license for your london office mm-hmm. then you include it in your pie eaters
1: would that be the responsibility of the person playing it or of the person providing it?
2: the company would have mm-hmm. a license okay to play it in the office yeah but the registration of it mm-hmm. is the responsibility of the platform issuing it okay so it's got to be in your smart contract yeah that x is for the public performance of the recording Mm -hmm. unless and until there is a blanket license issued by a CMO, a collective management organization. And Mm -hmm. then when PPL or SoundExchange or GBL starts issuing a blanket Mm -hmm. license, then their X in the smart contract would get redistributed to the other royalty payers.
3: Law always takes a lot longer to catch up with the landscape of technology. Playwrights, which is the Belgian CMO for performers, they've struck a deal whereby performers will start being remunerated neighboring rights for streaming, which is amazing. Like, finally, you know, because Mm -hmm. very slowly countries in Europe are starting to implement this new directive. So, yeah, Spain has been doing that for a couple of years. Belgium will begin to do that. Hungary are trying. I think they've had success with a couple of streaming providers. I think it is inevitable that they'll, there will be some kind of directive or blanket license for NFTs. It's just going to take some time, I think. If you're
2: listening and you have a question that we didn't answer, just write us info at ifr.co.uk. That's info at I-A-F-A-R And while you're doing that, become a member. Go to the website, join us and come to our conference. We have conference June 21st and 22nd in London and online. If you're not in London, it's gonna be a hoot and there's gonna be so much information, including all the CMOs being there. And my big question to them is, when can we expect this blanket license? So come and see what they say. Thank you, Nick, for joining us today.
1: No worries. It's an honor to be here. And that was a very, very useful session, which I will be feedbacking immediately to the rest of my team.
2: (laughs) We'll see you next week.